Welcome back everyone. The ultimate question for all dividend investors is the choice between a high dividend yield strategy or a high dividend growth strategy. A good case can be made for both options and they both also have their drawbacks. So how do you choose which path is optimal for you? Well, today I'm going to try to help you make that decision or at least give you a few things to think about. Both these styles of dividend investing have their advocates and they make compelling arguments in favor of their preferred strategy. High yield investors favor a larger cash flow today that can help you reach the desired level of passive income that can set you financially free quicker. A higher cash flow also means that dividend reinvestment and the snowball effect work faster. The drawbacks of a high yield strategy are a potentially slower rate of capital appreciation and a higher risk of sustainability of the dividend stream. One additional concern may be that the dividend stream may not be able to keep up with the rate of inflation in the long run. And this could be unfavorable once you start using your dividends to replace your active income. High dividend growth investors, on the other hand, accept a lower level of cash flow today in exchange for a potentially higher rate of dividend growth and a higher rate of capital appreciation. The objective for such a strategy is that over a long enough period of time, the higher rate of dividend growth will help you build a large enough dividend stream while also leaving you with a much larger portfolio. The drawbacks of a high dividend growth strategy are that high dividend growth rates may not be sustainable in the long run and that it takes a long time for this strategy to catch up with a high yield strategy in terms of dividend income. The one additional positive aspect is that a high dividend growth rate will likely mean that your dividend income can continue to grow faster than inflation once you actually start spending your dividends. A better way to help you distinguish between these two styles of dividend investing may be to show you the hypothetical results each strategy can generate and highlight some of the differences. I've taken the SCHD and QQQ calculator I shared here a few weeks ago and morphed it into a comparison tool that can show you the hypothetical results of two different investing strategies. A link to a free copy of this tool is in the description below if you'd like to play around with it yourself. What I'm going to do today is test out a few hypothetical investment strategies and talk about their benefits and differences. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The tool is quite easy to use. You start out with some basic parameters, like your current age, the age you'd like to retire, and what age you'd like to run the simulation through as well as the starting value of the portfolio, the annual contribution, whether or not you are going to reinvest the dividend stream, and if you plan on increasing your annual contribution by a fixed rate each year. I'm going to enter in random parameters here for today's simulation. Let's say we are 40 years old right now, and we intend to retire at the age of 65, and I'd like to run the simulation through age 85. We will start with a brand new portfolio that has no starting value, and we plan on contributing $100 each week, or $5,200 per year, to this dividend journey. I'm going to reinvest all dividends along the way. Just FYI, the drip does turn off automatically at the planned retirement age. And I'm going to assume we can increase our contribution at a rate of 5% per year. Over in the Portfolio 1 and Portfolio 2 sections is where we can elect the asset allocation we would like to test. You can enter in any combination of up to 10 ETFs or stocks. Please note that the stock or ETF has to be listed on the Universe tab along with its dividend yield and expected rate of total return. I have a few pre-populated ETFs here already, but you can add whatever ETF or stock you like. Simply type the ticker symbol into column A, enter the dividend yield into the corresponding cell in column D, and the expected rate of total return into column E. For simplicity, I'm going to create two new investment vehicles. I'll call one high yield and the other high growth. 
I'm going to assume that both can achieve a long-term total return of 10% per year, but the high-yield vehicle will pay an 8% dividend yield, and the high-growth vehicle will pay a 2% dividend yield. Okay, let's jump back over to the parameters tab. And I'm going to make portfolio 1 the high-yield portfolio, and portfolio 2 the high-growth portfolio. You'll notice that now the expected rate of return as well as the dividend yield for each portfolio has updated to align with the values I entered on the Universe tab. We can also see that both charts as well as the output tables have updated with the results of this hypothetical investment strategy. So let's take a look at how each strategy would work out. In terms of market value, we can see that both portfolios would grow at the same exact rate of 10% per year between the age of 40 and 65, up until our estimated retirement date. After the age of 65 is when the market value for both portfolios starts to diverge. From this point onward, each portfolio continues to grow at its assigned rate of capital appreciation. For the high-yield portfolio, this rate is 2% per year, which is the difference between the expected rate of return and the dividend yield, while for the high-growth portfolio, the rate of capital appreciation during retirement is 8%, substantially higher than the high-yield portfolio. In this example, both portfolios would grow to a value of about $965,000 by the age of 65. During retirement, or between the age of 65 and 85 in this example, the high-yield portfolio would continue to grow to a value of approximately $1.4 million while the high-growth portfolio would grow to a value of approximately $4.4 million, a pretty sizable difference. But since this is a dividend investing strategy, let's take a look at the potential dividend income these portfolios would produce. At the age of 65, the gap in dividend income between these two portfolios is pretty substantial. The high-yield portfolio would give you about $76,000 in annual dividend income, while the high-growth portfolio would yield only about $19,000. That's a very large gap. $76,000 in dividends sounds pretty nice and 19000 doesn't sound like a whole lot, and may not be enough for some of us to retire with. You'll notice in the dividend income graph that during the accumulation phase of this investing journey, the dividend stream for the high-yield portfolio grows much faster compared to the high-growth portfolio. This is a direct result of the higher dividend yield and dividend reinvestment. But at the age of 65, we see a shift in that growth pattern. Once dividend reinvestment is turned off, the growth rate for the high-yield portfolio tapers off very abruptly and the annual dividend income still increases, but at a much slower pace. While the annual dividend income growth for the high-growth portfolio also slows down, that shift is a little less evident in the chart, and the dividend stream actually starts to catch up with the dividend stream from the high-yield portfolio fairly quickly. Unfortunately, the gap in the dividend income at age 65 is very wide, and the dividend stream from the high-growth strategy isn't growing fast enough to catch up with the dividend stream from the high-yield portfolio in our simulation to age 85. The total amount of dividends paid out by the high-yield portfolio between the age of 65 and 85 is about $1.8 million, while the high-growth portfolio would pay us only about $875,000 in dividends. However, the net outcome when we combine the market value and the total dividend stream goes in favor of the high-growth portfolio. Combining the market value at age 85 with the total dividend stream during retirement gives us a net value of about $5.3 million with the high-growth portfolio, while the high-yield portfolio has a net value of about $3.3 million. So as you can see, each strategy has its benefits and drawbacks. Looking at the outcome from a dividend perspective, the high-yield portfolio wins out, as it offers a pretty good starting dividend stream at age 65, and pays substantially more dividends during retirement. The benefit from the high-growth portfolio is that we would see a higher net value at age 85, of about 2 additional million dollars. The deciding factor here would be which outcome works better for you. Do you care more about the dividend stream or a higher net value? Something else to consider here is what would happen if you lived longer than age 85. At age 91, the annual dividend stream from the high-growth portfolio would surpass the dividend stream from the high-yield portfolio, albeit you'd still see about $1 million less in total retirement dividends up to this point. 
you'd have to live and collect dividends all the way to age 104 for the high growth portfolio to surpass the dividend stream from the high yield portfolio. At age 104, the high growth portfolio would also have a market value of a little more than $19 million, while the high yield portfolio would barely surpass $2 million. The pattern is pretty clear. If you have less time or you'd like to retire off dividends faster, you are better off investing in a high yield strategy. It'll give you a better starting dividend stream and pay more dividend income during the first few decades of retirement. However, if you have more time, or if you're able to invest more money, where you can hit your desired level of dividend income with a high dividend growth strategy, you'll likely end up with a much larger net value, and you'll see your dividend stream grow faster during retirement. The absolute best thing you can do to reach a better final outcome is to start investing as soon as you possibly can, and extend your investing timeline for as long as possible. For example, in this same scenario I just covered, if you started investing 5 years earlier, at age 35 instead of 40, you would only need to invest about $57 per week instead of the original 100 to achieve the same results. Starting at the age of 30 would bring the weekly contribution down to about $33. Starting at the age of 25 would bring it further down to just $20. And starting at the age of 20 would lower it even more to just $12 per week. Time is your best friend when it comes to long-term investing and turbocharging the compounding machine. My example tested two very distinct dividend strategies, with a very large difference in the starting dividend yield. So let's take a look at a portfolio that would blend the initial high yield and high growth parameters. I'll stick with the original 10% expected total return, and I'll set the dividend yield at 5%. Comparing this portfolio to the original high yield portfolio, we can see that the starting annual dividend income in retirement is still smaller, right around $48,000, but it's not as much lower as it was with the original high growth portfolio. We can also see that this roughly $30,000 per year gap in dividend income starts to shrink very quickly in retirement, and the 5% yield portfolio actually surpasses the original 8% high yield portfolio in terms of dividend income while we would be in our early 80s. It would still generate less dividend income up to age 85 by about $300,000 or so, but the portfolio would have a market value that is more than a million dollars larger than the high yield portfolio. In the end, it comes down to which path will get you to your desired goal the fastest. But your desired goal should not solely be the annual dividend income at a fixed retirement date in the future. You should also consider the dividend stream beyond that date. In this hypothetical example, I set the total return for both strategies to be fixed at 10%. That made the comparison between these two strategies a little simpler. But in reality, two different investment vehicles will deliver two unique rates of long-term total return. You should also be very mindful of future total returns, as they will have a major impact on your final outcome. Strategies that focus on higher growth tend to outperform high yield strategies in the long run, and even a slightly higher rate of total return can have a major impact over a few decades. I enjoy playing around with tools like this to see if I'm on the right path to reach my long-term goals, and to see what impact small shifts in my allocation may have on the final outcome. I hope you'll enjoy this tool as well. Just keep in mind that these are hypothetical results, and they are only as good as the assumptions you make for the expected rate of return and the dividend yield. Just because a stock or an ETF has paid a high yield or grown at a very fast rate in the past doesn't mean it will continue to do so in the future. If you enjoyed the episode, please do me a huge favor and give this podcast a 5-star rating. Thank you for joining me today and see you next time.